Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you look at fantasy sports, dozens of house-based games to play daily, no sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. On today's episode, we're going to try to pick the spirits up here because, yeah, we're still going to be talking Michigan State basketball but it's only positivity on today's episode. We're going to try to rally, talk about our favorite moments from the season, what we like about the future of this team, and eh, all sorts of good stuff. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Spartans listeners, how on earth are you doing? And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Spartans, uh, especially if you listened to yesterday's show and you decided to crawl back to the man that was so despondent, um, depressed, uh, in a pit of despair, any D word you want to use because, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was me on the show yesterday. Uh, I was down horrendously bad. Um, I'm sure you guys were too because, hey, let's let's face it, that, that loss absolutely positively sucked. And if I'm being frank, on this Monday night when I'm recording, still hurts. I uh, don't really care to think about it. But you know what? We're going to get through this together. We're going to see if we can see the sunset uh, or, no, I guess, sunrise over the horizon. Any Whatever sun activity that you like better, that's what we're going to try to have for this episode here because we're going to try to keep it all positive today. Yeah, tough end to the season, tough loss, but there was a lot of good that came from this season. Was it a perfect season? Are we going to be printing t-shirts? Are we going to be lifting banners for it? No, no, let's not get carried away here, but hey, there still is a lot of good things to be had in Michigan State's 24th straight season that ended in the NCAA tournament. A lot of you fine folks reached out with your positive vibes, so we're going to get to a lot of that. But first, hey, I just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. And also, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you have anything that you want to say, questions, comments, concerns, hey, I got the eyes that will read your emails at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Let's, and I hate to do this, but let's just talk about this game one more time. One more time, and then we can put it all behind us for at least the next 24 hours. Because uh, let, let's let's start on what the lowest note would be and then work our way up. But I think there were some good things to be said here. And I, as I do sometimes on Twitter, I reach out be like, hey, you know what? It's going to be all positive today. If you have anything that you want to say positive about this team, go for it. And Blair Montgomery really laid out something great from Sunday's tough loss that I, I think is absolutely positively worth highlighting. And he writes, It's sort of sad, but my favorite moment of the season was watching Gabe and Bingham yesterday. They played so hard and confident, it was amazing to see their growth and maturity. I know it's sad it's over, but yesterday really felt like they left it all on the floor. Disappointing outcome, but that's life. And then he goes on to say uh, that Joey Hauser versus Davidson as well. Same concept. Those three really deserve some love. They've had incredibly difficult college experience during the most important years. I'm glad they all went out with solid performances. That is a really nice silver lining, actually. And that's not really anything I thought of until, well, Blair put that into words right there. So huge shout-out to him for uh, having the first big take of of this show. And that is the correct take because I think that I'm not in the minority here that, yeah, Gabe 
and Marcus and Joey all had ups and their downs, especially in their final season. And you're starting to get a little disappointed. Like, okay, cool. Gabe uh, decided to be a 3 and D guy for a little bit, and now he's, uh, oh my God, he's unplayable. No, the end of his season was fantastic. He responded in a big way, and he did lay it all out against Duke. Marcus Bingham, double-double to end his career at Michigan State, where... Uh, yeah, that it might be the most obvious guy that really had his ups and downs his senior year. The only guy that could really give him any competition would be Joey Hauser. And that's a guy that I was sensationally uh, hard on because, well, things weren't looking too good for the Joey Hauser career here. But once late January started to approach, he turned into a really solid player. And there's no better game to highlight that well, than, than Friday night's game against Davidson. So, it is nice that these three guys end their careers on high notes. and It's not like they fizzle out at the end and you're starting to punch the air and being like, oh my god, we lost to Duke because these guys didn't play well. Way to go, seniors. Like, no, they held up their end of the bargain. And I know that probably doesn't make swallowing the loss any easier, but from a person-to-person perspective, like you could feel really good about them and how they ended their careers as well. Also, one more thing I want to touch on when it comes to losing in the tournament the Duke game, everything like that. And I said when I was uh, just borderline uh, in tears yesterday that uh, I'd rather this team just be down 12 the entire game than um, than be up five with five minutes to go. And I, I think I caught myself in a lie there. I think I was just trying to tell myself that to make my, myself feel better last night um, because it, it, it does help that this team really gave it their all against a good Duke team. Are they overseeded as a two-seed yeah, maybe, probably, but Duke is still Duke, and yet having a top three lottery pick on a team that you're going up against, still tough. Yeah, still a little tough. So, um, sometimes when sports uh, get sad, I, I, I like to look around the room, you know, and no one loves company better than misery, and no conference in college basketball is better at tournament misery than uh, your Big Ten conference. That's right. So it, it, it softens the blow a little bit that the way Michigan State went out, maybe you could swallow a little better, say, if you were a fan of some other teams in the conference, right? Like Indiana, yeah, like they got throttled by a WCC team in St. Mary's, but Indiana had a strong end to their year, right? Good Big Ten tournament. That's not necessarily who I'm really talking about. I'm talking about these three programs right here and. I think that we are knocked off of the podium of top three saddest Big Ten fan bases when you stack us up to teams like, well, Iowa. Okay, this is their second year in a row with a great player on their team, right? Like National Player of the Year, Luca Garza, last year. And then, oh my God, they get beat by 45 points to Oregon in the second round, it seemed like. And, okay, this year, hey, the team's looking pretty solid. We just rolled through a Big Ten tournament. We just won the title. Things are looking really good. How hard can Richmond be? Uh, they weren't going to get into the tournament unless they won their A-10 tournament. And oh my god, it it ends up that, yeah, Iowa with the second straight year of having an incredible player, which doesn't happen a lot down there, uh, just get flamed out in the first weekend. Or Wisconsin, and I feel really sympathetic for Wisconsin because the way they went out was essentially just how Michigan State went out in 2018. You essentially have a home game in your first two rounds. You have lottery talent on your team. And, oh, my God, the most putrid shooting performance you can imagine as Wisconsin goes 1-for-19 from behind the arc gets you out of the tournament against a team that no one expected anything from. Iowa State's not good. That's a really bad team. But, yeah, uh-oh. Sometimes playing in your home arena with 
lottery talent, a nice senior guard, it doesn't really always get the job done. So, yeah, rather lose the way we did Sunday than relive okay, either A, the way Wisconsin just lost, or 1B, uh, how Michigan State lost in 2018. Sorry to rehash those memories. And last but not least, i got to give a special shout-out to Illinois, who just year after year uh, goes into March thinking that they are all of that and that they are just the cream of the crop of the Big Ten and no one can do it better than them. Well, for the second year in a row, they have uh, two of their best teams in a generation, let's call it. Like the, I, I know Illinois faithful wants you to think those D. Brown years were just like four years ago, but uh, no, that was a long, long time ago. It's been very long since they've been that good, and uh, certainly hasn't been the last two years either as they get boat raced in back-to-back tournaments uh, by mid-major schools. Now, we could have the debate if Houston's a mid-major all you want, but... Uh, I, I'm, I'm working on an agenda here, so bear with me here. Yeah, uh, that's those are three tougher pills to swallow, I think, having really good teams. We knew that this Michigan State team was flawed. Sure, could they have won Saturday or Sunday? I'm sorry. Uh, of course they could have. But <sighs> the way the season went, the seventh seed was deserved. And when you're a seventh seed, you go against two seeds, and yeah, it ends up sometimes that two seeds are better than you. Um, now, again, is this a pattern I want to see continue? Still getting middle-of-the-range seeds? Not really, but hey, we're going to get to the future of Michigan State here in a hot second. But first, I'm going to sandwich in this segment between those two. We're going to go through your favorite moments of the last season. I'll drop a few of mine in there as well because, uh, you know, hey, we can't just limit it to one. There were a lot of fun moments from this season, so we're going to get to those. That's right. What a far cry this show is from yesterday's show. Um, hopefully this is helping you a little bit. It's helping me a little bit. Uh, but first, before we continue this help, just have to talk to you folks about Stat Hero. Holy smokes, I, my brackets could not be going any worse. Um, <laughs> thank God for Stat Hero. Let, let me tell you that because I'm hedging all my bets. And uh, we're going to reap some of those uh, the spendings for the bracket pools back with Stat Hero. And their NCAA single game pickums that pit star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from all those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage and start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Well, it's because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. And in addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players that you choose. I mean, it's the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes, and it is just truly what daily fantasy was meant to be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash lockdown and use promo code lockdown for a 100% instant deposit match. That's stathero.com slash lockdown. Use promo code lockdown for a 100% match. One more time, stathero.com slash lockdown. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Before getting to all your favorite moments of the last basketball season, hey, just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day. Now let's talk about favorite moments from this season. That's right, still picking spirits up here. Hopefully, in the second segment. So uh, on Twitter, I asked like, hey, what were some of your favorite moments from the season, or what did you see that uh, you just love for the future of Michigan State basketball? And uh. Some people, okay, are going to be like Trey. And simply put, this is an honest answer. Uh, favorite moment from the season is uh, this roller coaster being over for a while. 
okay, if you want to look at it from like a healthy, uh, you know, standpoint, yeah, this it, it's it's probably healthy once it ends. So yeah, I'm sure that some people share the same sentiments as him. Or also, it doesn't have to be a game at all. Like uh, only MSU Daily wrote in, seeing AJ and Walker become a great point guard duo by the end of the season, the awareness, pace of play, big shots, all of that was great to see and super promising for next year. We'll definitely talk more about those two gentlemen next segment when we talk about the future of Michigan State. But yeah, sometimes it didn't have to be a game at all. Like seeing Tyson Walker come into his own at the end of the season, become more comfortable uh, being aggressive in late game situations like... Well, a lot of you. Actually, this is the first place winner here was the the Purdue game. His shot against Purdue at home at Breslin Center when it was not a, not a must-win game to get in the tournament, but a, yeah, that's a really, 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 really nice one-to-have game uh, as March was kind of looming close, and ooh, Michigan State was on a, a little bit of a skid there. So, yeah, definitely a lot of love for Tyson Walker with the future and his game against Purdue right now. Now, there are some games I didn't see any mention of, and that's understandable. Like, I don't expect anyone to you know, wax poetically about the Louisville game, although that was a lot of fun. Or, hey, beating Oakland University, probably nothing you're going to remember a week after it happened, but I remember Oakland was very spicy that night at Little Caesars Arena. Michigan State played a really, really close to perfect game that night, and we're able to beat them 90-78. to Also, the road Northwestern win with Gabe Brown's 20 points, I mean... You drop any one of those games, uh-oh. Okay, season could look a little more hairy than it did this year. You also got Indiana, that Saturday game afternoon at home, Breslin Center. They're just pulling away late. Uh, that was a fun game, I remember. And also, no one wrote this down. No one wrote this down, but Malik Hall's buzzer beater at Maryland. Again, not like the sexiest team in the world to beat this year, but you dropped that game and... Listen, I'm not saying that this was the perfect season by any means, but you could have seen yourself back in the first four, or you drop a few of those games in. Uh-oh, uh, you're not in the tournament at all, actually, and the tournament streak ends at 23 years, and whew, no one's sad, and we're probably not having a positivity episode on this beautiful Tuesday. Now, there are some more fan favorites, uh, probably ones that you're thinking of getting uh, written in here. And uh, first and foremost, got to start with this one. This is from my guy, Sarge. And uh, he writes in the moment where a player on our football team, and he notes a, a completely different sport than basketball, going ISO and scoring a bucket with the most confidence of any human ever against Michigan was far my far and away my favorite moment. That was a sensational one. The, the Breslin beatdown uh, against Michigan, so much fun. And to be capped off, by a receiver, just like you know, Sarge said, just going coast to coast and carving up. Well, they're still starting five, and yeah, scooping, scoring, and for some points there. So uh, certainly looking back fondly at that one. And the other one I want to hit very early in the segment is what Glenn writes in. Eating my Thanksgiving lunch, watching MSU erase a seven-point deficit to beat UConn, and also blowing out Wisconsin in the Kohl Center. Now, those two games are pretty important because I uh, just did the simulations on BartTorvik.com. Let's say you lose both of those games. Not, you know, games that you'd be just uh, looking back disgusted that you lost. Wisconsin was pretty good. UConn was pretty good this year. But you drop both of those games, and Bart Torvik had you being one of the last four buys. Okay, that's a really, really uncomfortable situation that I uh, wasn't really looking to get into for a second year of uh, yeah, flirting with the first four again. So having those two wins, that Thanksgiving Day win against UConn, fun times. 
sensational times. And also, we're not done talking about the Atlantis uh, Bonanza or whatever they call the tournament because Dominic also notes, and this was this is a nice callback memory here. Malik Hall's perfect game against Loyola Chicago, sensational finish there to that game. But also, Malik Hall just a casual, a casual nine for nine from the field performance, twenty-seven points. Ah, uh, yeah. That is a nice little way to spend the non-conference uh, tournament down in sunny Atlantis. Um, just other ones like Jay Krupp writes in, favorite moment, sending Brad Davison home early in the Big Ten tournament. Always a fun time. Always a fun time. And that's when you start to kind of think that, okay, Michigan State, it might be right for March here. We might be seeing some magic. And got the magic for one game against Davison, but hey, you know what? Positive vibes only here. Uh, like you know, Rocky, he was one of uh, seemingly 100 people to write in. Favorite moment, Walker, game winner against Purdue. And, uh, yeah, just that was that was a nice one to have. That was a nice one to have. As Purdue looks to be a, a surefire Final Four team. Um, yeah, do they have a lot, a lot, a lot of chips fall in their favor? Uh, yeah, sure. But, man, that's, that's March, baby. Sometimes you need a, a peacock to strut right through to the Sweet 16. So, uh, yeah, you ideally get a favorable matchup against them unless that Doug fella uh, goes off. Kind of rooting for him not to because Purdue's my only shot that I have left in winning any money in any bracket pool I ever have. But, hey, if he does it, um, at least we'll be looking at that luscious uh, mustache making it rain for them, and that's, that's it's kind, of, it's kind of funny. So we got that going for us at least. All right, we're going to talk about the future of this team, this program here in a hot segment. But first, just got to talk to you beautiful people about the one. The only. BetOnline.net. Woo! That's right. The, the college basketball tournament is still going on. And uh, from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it ain't just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games, and much more. So head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's get into just talking about the, the short-term future uh, for this team, next season, maybe the next two seasons, just what we really like to see from this year that makes us think, okay, you know what, this wasn't the perfect season, uh, this is Michigan State after all, we still would like to do a little better than just a tournament win, but you know what, I saw some things that make me think that uh, we will be seeing the other side here. And I already know what a lot of you are thinking, and rightfully so that, well, a lot of it's going to depend on the transfer portal here uh, because Michigan State does have three open scholarships right now as they head into this offseason. Um, we assume that Marcus Bingham won't come back, that Gabe Brown won't come back, that Joey Hauser won't come back. Is it? Am I writing it off completely? No. I just think it's a very, very minuscule percentage. And at this point, uh, I wouldn't mind being wrong about any of these guys. I would could talk myself into all three uh, being welcome, not additions, but you know, staying, sticking around here. Um, sorry, I'm blanking on what word to use, but you get what I mean. Uh, we will be talking about transfer stuff on tomorrow's show. We have Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports, uh, super plugged in. He knows what's going to go on uh, in the halls of Breslin Center, What, who they're going to target, yada, 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 what the game plan is going to be. So we'll get more into that tomorrow. But for now, let's talk about who we have on this team. Uh, Matt C., 
wrote in AJ Hogard and Jaden Akins look to have some dog in them. And then Timothy the first also one ups that and says watching Hogard and Walker step up and play really well for the most part over the last few weeks is my answer for, you know, what what has you feeling good about the program. You did see a lot of great things in Hogard, in Akins, in Tyson Walker. You, you know what? And I know that I it was pretty hard on him yesterday, and maybe it was fair, maybe it's not fair. That's that's for you lovely people to decide. But Max Christie still has great potential, right? I, we're not going to just throw him to the side and be like, okay, bad freshman year. I thought this guy was a five-star. What the hell? Just trash, garbage. Like, no. I, he showed a good foundation this year. And I'll say for the probably 95th time this season, and if you want to add Izzo's quotes on it, probably the 295th time, is that his defense was great this season. And he had, in this Big Ten Conference, a lot of tough matchups, one-on-one to go against. Now, was were his legs ready for a full Big Ten season, a full college basketball season, playing 30-some minutes a night, going against top-tier talent on defense? I think it goes without saying that it affected his offensive side of the game. So big, big offseason in the weight room. Uh, I would love to see him either on a squat rack or a treadmill the entire summer. Uh, maybe a vacation, too. I don't know. Like, treat yourself, kid. You still had a solid season. Um, but, yeah, would love to see how much of a step he can make next year. And I think you just got to add him. And I think he gets a little forgotten about here because mm, n- not the most sterling last month or really two months to the season for him. But I just like, I, I think the talent's still there and then the, the smartness is still there. And every cliche in the book that is was already thrown out, about him, I, I think hopefully can be true. So yeah, I think you got a good core right there. Hogard, Akins, Walker, Christie. Hey, Pierre Brook played some minutes in this tournament. Uh, not sure I expected that at all, but yeah, I think he could be a mainstay in this offense as well next season. Now, will he be logging like at 28 minutes a game? No, probably not, but that's a guy that you can... Throw in the court and feel good about, right? Um, because, hey, listen, it's not perfect. Uh, like, for example... Our big man situation is not perfect. What would I be saying this nice things about what's going on in the big man rotation right now with Julius Marble and Matty Sissoko? Maybe not. That goes without saying probably the least confidence uh, as far as position goes that Spartan Nation is right now. But hopefully we'll see what happens in the transfer portal unfolds there. We'll have to see. But And I think that here's a, a big thing too. And uh, this is a negative, but we'll turn it into a positive. And uh, Jay Krupp writes this in. It's uh, it's time to reset and exercise the ghosts of the 2018 class. Izzo must learn how to assign minutes. Uh, Izzo is an icon, a legend. And whether you want to hear that right now or not, um, totally understand if you're rolling your eyes all the way to the back of your head and being like, oh my God, shut up. This guy won't stop, you know, gloating about Izzo. There, I'll, I'll make it G-rated. Um he is, though, a legend, and I understand these last few years have not gone well. And what also didn't help, too, was that I think a lot of us forgot how good this team was in 2020 and never had a shot with that tournament team going in. But with that said, you have two bad years, and we're all allowed to make mistakes in life, I think. Even some of the best coaches make mistakes, and even in their worst years, teams miss the tournament. Like Duke, for example. Okay, they had a really bad year last year. They missed the tournament completely. Uh, Kentucky... They've missed a turn. Like, it happens. And I think the big mistake in Izzo's career was that 2018 class. Not really anything panning out there. Actually, the one kid that panned out 
was the one you took a late flyer on because Gary Harris uh, kind of nudged you and said, hey, go look at this kid. His name's Aaron Henry. You have an open scholarship. Just throw it at him. See what happens. And, well, okay, that ended up being what worked out best for you as he single-handedly dragged you to the tournament last year in the last few weeks. But, yeah, I, I think we all know that the 2018 class as a whole did not pan out the way a lot of us thought or wanted to. And right now, that class is gone. We, we could all flip the page. We could all look to the future, what, what this sophomore class is, the freshman class. Yeah, he still has two good freshmen coming in next year, too, in Trey Holloman and Jackson Kohler. So I think it's a little bit of a reset button. A, a little bit of a reset button that, okay, we're, we're now two years removed from our COVID year. That was long. It was grueling. It was arduous. But also, that the, the senior group that maybe felt a lot of pressure on them, that also kind of made me new. That, uh-oh, this isn't going as well as any of us thought. It's almost like a refreshed air in Breslin Center. It's now A.J. Hogard's team. It's now Tyson Walker's team. It's Jaden Aiken's team. It's Max Christie's team. Let's see what these dogs can do. I love the mentality and the attitude that A.J. Hogard possessed. Did not know he had that in him until the second half of this season. And, yeah, hey, last year... What would you hear during all the games? That, oh, this is a great group of kids. And, like, sometimes, you know, yeah, you'd hear, oh, this is a, such a nice group of kids. Maybe that was some of the issue, too. Maybe we need some guys with some dog in them. Some guys just mother-effing each other or mother-effing players on the other team. Yeah, let's get some of that dog intensity back. And I absolutely love seeing that in A.J. Hogard this season. So, yeah, the fact that he is in line to be a captain on this team, that is... That makes me smile a little bit. And also, speaking of captains, there's a player I really haven't mentioned at all. And that is Malik Hall. Malik Hall, um, you know, I'm going to say coming back, but you know, hey, listen, like any of these kids can transfer. Uh, do I expect it? No, but in this day and age, yeah, it's it's always an option. Having Malik Hall as a senior, and I know we I literally just talked about it yesterday. I whined about it yesterday. I, I, I was almost moved to tears yesterday talking about it, that he disappears a little too much. But you know what? If he can get some semblance of consistency next year, that's going to be a really strong player to have in your court. Love, love his tenacity. Sometimes. He doesn't always have it, but man, if he could just get it all together and just be that consistent player all season. I'm not saying consistently going 9 for 9 like he did against Lyola. Like, just give us like 12 points, man. Like 12.6 points, you know, just... Um, not a lot of games where you're just going just 3 points on one of 4 shooter. You guys know what I mean. I saw... Saw it a lot of the season, so yeah, that's that's another fascinating guy coming back. It is Malik Hall, so it's I'm feel I'm feeling I'm feeling better about next season than I was about a month ago, maybe. And that's because of the point guards. That's because of what we saw in the freshmen at different pockets of the year and who we have coming back. And also, yeah, listen, I I think Tom knows that he has to go to the transfer portal. He has three scholarships, just like we said. He has big men that could use an upgrade. Now, I'm not saying just discard Sissoko, discard Marble. Like, no, they'll still have a role in this team. But, yeah, it, it's going to be a big, big offseason coming up. And I think Izzo knows it. And I know that, hey, we always talk that, uh, well, he's a stubborn guy. Does he really like to transfer portal? And I can see arguments to both sides. Like, on one hand, yeah, he, he walked into this season with two empty scholarships instead of going into the transfer portal. But also, on the other hand, okay, he did get Tyson Walker here. That was a very, very highly coveted transfer. He did get Joey House not too long ago. Very highly coveted transfer. Uh, Aaron Harris back in the day. I'm sure I'm going to be missing a few, but you guys get the point. He 
he's no stranger to the portal. I think some of that is a little overblown when it comes to Izzo and portal talk, but hey, talk is cheap. We'll see how it's going to be this season. And just like I said to start this segment, we will be talking about portal with Justin Thind in both sports, in basketball, football. It's always nice to talk to our 24-7 sports uh correspondent friend of the program, Justin Thin. So yeah, definitely looking forward to that episode as well. And I really hope that you guys are leaving this episode in, um, in a better mood than you left yesterday's. I, I apologize. I was just so... Cathartic doesn't even begin to describe. I, I was I was a mopey zoo lion. Um, I made Eeyore seem like Mr. Rogers. Uh, it was not good. But you know what? I th- Season's over. We can all put it behind us. Future's looking okay. Let's just hope for a good portal season. Let's go, baby. Love you all. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Especially still two days removed after such a tough loss. But you guys are truly the best. Love every single one of you. And thank you so much for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. That's right. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and it's available where you get your podcast. All right, gang. Love you all. Go Green.